Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? I hope you're keeping dry. I know I'm trying to keep dry. Just a quick FYI. The beginning of this storm is going to slam me around in about a half hour. So just to let you know, um, I do have a backup sort of. So if the show goes down, you know, if, if we end up going off the air and I lose power and internet, uh, hopefully I can get back on on my iPhone with AT&T and my headset. So we'll see how that works out. And I'll use a lantern for light. But if I'm not on within maybe three minutes because the show will keep rolling. If I'm not on within three minutes, then I probably will not be back on for the night. Okay. Just to give you guys an FYI. Um, we're on the same grid as Kaiser hospital. So smud tends to get us up and rolling a lot faster than a lot of the other areas. So just an FYI because it's going to hit and it's going to hit hard. In fact, over the storm over the weekend, I lost a big tree branch that ended up on my fence and like all the way on my neighbor's yard. So, yeah, so it's kind of crazy. It, it's crazy right now for for me. And uh, I talked to, get this, I talked to Farmers Insurance. They are so busy that they can't even get out here for the tree limb that fell over the weekend. They can't even get out here till next Wednesday to check it out. So it's kind of insane. It's kind of rather insane. Anyway, welcome to the show. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. Normally it's sunny, not today. Uh, we're 45 strong up and down the state. And that means if you do have a paranormal issue or you think you have a paranormal issue, we can get out there and help you. Let me get this thing. If I put this thing right where the little knobby thing is on the top, it gives me a headache. Um, we can get out to help you. It may take us a while. California is a big state. But we have somebody, uh, you know, in Central California, Bay Area. So we're located like all over. So it would take me maybe a couple, like one or two hours to get to you. We also have affiliates in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii. So if you have issues in those states, we can help get you there as well. Anyhow, if you're watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you see, please be sure to hit that like button and the follow button. We're always looking like anybody else. We're begging for followers, always. If you're watching from YouTube, same thing, and you like what you see, I'm going to try and aim this the first try. Whoop, there it is right there. There's a little ghost right there with a the magnifying glass. Click on him or her any new preference and a subscribe sign will come up and we have almost 480 videos sitting over there that you guys can check out i'm a journalist i don't like to like cover ghost things all the time i like to do other things as well so i'm sure there's something of interest for you or somebody in your house or a friend or whatever there's always something of interest all right you can also follow me over at tiktok under california haunts we're over at tiktok we're also on, I'm also on Instagram under Ghosty Gal. It's all lowercased. And, of course, I'm over at Twitter under CalHots. So you can find us everywhere. We're, we're everywhere. And I'm real excited to make an announcement tonight in that we got to the point on TikTok where we're going to start, in addition to this part of the show here and doing it on YouTube and, and you know, other sources here, we're going to be going live on TikTok probably starting the next couple weeks. So we're going to be, have a, we're going to be everywhere. No, nobody can get rid of us, right? We're just going to be everywhere, everywhere you look. So I'm really excited about that. In fact, Sunday shows now 
where I read the book, you know, the, the ghost theme book, Sunday shows are now live on TikTok. And I did that last Sunday. So I'm real excited about that. And I also have a Discord. You know, and I know we all have Facebook and we have Instagram and all this. There's also a California Haunts Radio Discord. And I'm going to start adding that at the end of the show. I'm not doing it today. But there's a link you guys can go to to join our Discord. And the Discord's cool because I'm the moderator. So anything goes. Yeah, I'm going to say anything goes. You can, you can talk about anything you want. And I mean anything. So we're getting that powered up. Okay, so that's starting up. And you guys are going to be known as, are you ready for this? The ghostly groupies. Ghostly groupies, that's what you're called over on Discord. So that's going to be starting up. So there's a lot of stuff that, that's starting up. We're going to have, uh, you know, we're going to have new uh, end credits. Everything is changing, and I'm really excited, really excited about it. Okay, enough of me yakking. We have a guest on tonight. We've had him on before. Fascinating stuff. I have a thing about dreams, you know. And, I, you know, a lot of people like to, to look into dreaming. And he is the man to talk to, Craig Webb. I'm really excited to have him on. We're going to talk about sigh and dreaming. And he's the expert to talk to, so don't ask me about that stuff. But, wow, you know, I've been having, lately, the dreams have been varying between good to really strange stuff going on. It must be the stress, you know, the weather and everything. I don't know. But I'm going to, we're going to ask him questions, and you guys can feel free to ask him. I'm going to warn you ahead of time, got my glasses, haven't got my contacts yet. So uh, if I don't see your question right away, I'm going to do a big enlargement on the page because I'm blind, okay? So here we go. I'm going to shut up now and bring him in. Good evening. Hi, Charlotte. Hey, oh. thanks for having me back on. It's good to see you. I know. And uh, New Year. Sounds like lots of great new developments for the show. Congratulations. Expanding. Thank you. Yeah, lots going on. Lots going on. So how are you? I'm doing great, actually. Uh, had a really nice, uh, I guess, down, a little bit of downtime, which is unusual for me. But time with family, time for uh, some kind of raw creative, other than sort of work creative. And uh, my New Year's resolution is now uh, getting up uh, early mornings and uh, recording and composing music. So cool. I have my dream practice in the morning, uh, kind of dream-inspired music coming early morning hours. Cool, cool, cool. Did you set any intentions or do you have any new habits or... I know, yeah, I think I want to get, I want to do more, you know, uh, as far as my, I want to get my weight back down. That That's a major thing. You know, I'm, I'm sending the, I'm sending the attention for more meditation time, you know, to work yeah. on that and, 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 and slow workouts to build myself back up, to get me back to, back to where I was because I, I put on the COVID weight and never lost it. It's tough man. It's to be uh, like really active when you're not allowed to go out to the gym. I mean, there's outdoors, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But. Uh, so that's but it's one of the a good goals. time for dreaming, right? You oh yeah, time. absolutely. And the you know, and, and, I, and I put the intention out for the show, you know, to I mean, we're we're, we're growing by leaps and bounds right now. It's really exciting. Great. You know, our, our downloads our downloads um, tripled last month. Wow! And I was just, really excited. Uh, you, were you doing any extra promotion, or is it just like the new year, new new year? I think people are. I think people word of mouth is getting out. You know, more and more. Yeah, and that's the what's ghosts doing. are helping, and the ghosts are helping. Yeah, so I think that's what's doing it. So I'm real excited, which is why I'm I'm I'm, I'm taking the extra tips to start up the TikTok. You know, start started going on TikTok and do all this other stuff. You know, so yeah. hopefully it's, sure. it's just the, that that ball keeps rolling. Like with Indiana Jones getting chased by that big ball, I'm hoping that's what happens. <laughs> Good uh, with a positive ending, right? Yeah, with a positive ending. Of course, <laughs> I'm not going to get squashed by some ball or something, or wiped out by big giant flumes of water. You know. <laughs> 
right. So well, tell we're opening me about... a tomb of relics and things of hidden nature. So right, right. You never know. Yeah, you never know, right? You never know what you're gonna find. How it's gonna go. If I can get through this week with this storm, I'll be really happy too. <laughs> I can hear the wind. It is like really whipping out there. Wow. I mean, so we really might cool. lose you uh, your connection at any minute. Is that kind of what I understand? After 7 o'clock is when it's supposed to roll through, start rolling through. So we'll see. Okay, wow. We'll see. I have an intention that if that does go, I do have a backup because I have also have AT&T internet with my phone. So I'll try yeah. to – everybody you. just sit still. You know, if, I, if it goes down, everybody just sit still. Don't panic. StreamYard will keep rolling. <laughs> and I'll try to get on, you know, on my cell phone with AT&T. We'll see. Well, if for some reason it drops out, we'll do a, a positive recurring dream, not a negative one. There we go. There we go. We can try a different night. We'll do it by lantern light, you know. We'll try to do it by lantern light like we're camping. Oh, that's interesting. My light here is flickering a little bit. I don't know if you can see, but it just flickered really bright when you said lantern light. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's excited. So I hopefully, know. you know, hopefully I can get back on. If not, like I said, if after about two to three minutes I'm not back online, then I'm not going to end up back online. That's all there is to it. a little bright. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. So tell me about dreams. Tell me about Psy and dreaming. What does Psy have to do with dreaming? Uh, well, Psy, I mean, this uh, letters might not be as familiar for some folks. Mm -hmm. S-P-S-I. Okay. That's kind of what we're meaning here. And there's a little, I guess, homonym or sounds like with the science. It's not really hardcore science. It's more first-person subjective science, which when it comes to dreams, precognitions, clairvoyance, maybe uh, experiences with the deceased or, or even ghosts, uh, the subjective scientists, the first-person experiences end up being really key and uh, probably the most salient things that anybody can have. Of course, we can get statistics, but it's that first-person subjective science. So, psi so experiences are kind of out of the normal. Mm -hmm. I usually say in a little bit more, I guess, uh, psi language here, scientific, that we're using inner senses. And we do have inner senses. They're kind of like the physical senses, except they're invisible. And they can see things uh, at a distance, so we're not li limited by geography and distance or walls or that kind of thing. We can see things across time. You know, you ever had a precognitive dream, Charlotte? Yes. Right. Or I bet you most of the listeners, in fact, statistics show that one out of the three of the listeners will, will put up their hand right away. Yeah, I had one of those. And then if we probe a little bit and give them time to reflect, two out of three. And then somewhere around one out of 12 is actually quite provable. They uh, recorded their, their experience, the dream or the intuitive, strong intuitive head beforehand. And it was a pretty rare event that they, let's say, dreamt about. And then it came true after it had been more or less recorded and told somebody or something like that. So that's actually a pretty big number. Uh, those are two of the inner senses. But it does show that these experiences are happening to people all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's really just a question of studying. Maybe just study it, explore it first person. And then I always really like to go for the benefits. It's fun to kind of quicken our skills and maybe try cool stuff. Oh, I met somebody else from Waking Life, you know, a friend of mine in Waking Life in my dream. And we checked some, like, I guess, valid facts that we, we shared during the dream or something that we saw in the dream. And then we checked it in Waking Life. You know, that gets interesting. It's kind of, let's say, like an inner, an inner Zoom or inner Skype or mm -hmm. Facebook, uh, you know, what is it? Facebook video. Uh, but it can happen in dreams across time or certainly across distance. And people, you know, get excited. And then later we start using those same, let's say, inner quickenings or inner skills, inner senses 
for practical things, you know, how to help our friends, how mm -hmm. to actually get useful information from the deceased, maybe how to, uh, you know, get hints for our kids schooling. Moms and, and fathers often dream about their, their children in, in helpful ways. And sometimes, you know, from the deceased or grandparents who have passed on. So there's lots of ways that it can manifest, but that's generally what we call psi. I have a question really quick. You talked about um, a dream where a friend of yours, you know, your friend is in the, in the dream and then you kind of sit down with your friend and try to figure that out. Have you done any study on shared dreaming? Yeah, that, that would be what that is. Uh, I mean, okay. there's a little more official phrase, mutual dreaming, okay. shared right. dreaming, okay. whatever you want to call it. Some people might say remote viewing or the language isn't as important as the experiences, but there are different experiences. So we don't want to group everything together. Mm -hmm. But some people might call it astral travel. You know, I went to my friend's bedroom and saw them, even though physically the the friend and the and the person visiting was sleeping, mm -hmm. uh, or not. You know, so it could be mutual dreaming. Usually, what I see almost always, in fact, any couple out there who's listening, or let's say even siblings, especially twins, but you know anybody family or let's say a strong emotional bond, a close friend would work. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe students, if you're really connected with students, like I like I am. Uh, if you check dreams, if you sort of have a habit of sharing, at least when you dream of or about the person or something related to them, or if you have a set time, let's say, hey, every Sunday morning, let's say part of our our relationship, our couple will share dreams. You'd be very surprised to see that actually we're having mutual dreams all the time probably more than once a week except that if we set sunday or whatever day to to share that's probably the day that the dream weavers will say okay they're not going to listen all week because they're busy mm -hmm. but we'll send something interesting sunday where they both kind of see example here uh, this one's from my book and it's not very known about but i really like this dream sure uh, sir mccartney some of you uh, you might be familiar with uh, paul mccartney yeah. right you've heard that name yeah, absolutely uh, was having recurring dreams. Uh, he, he actually dreamt two of his the Beatles' biggest hits and some other interesting things. But he had two of his uh, biggest hits come in dreams as music. But this one was, I guess, more of a career, maybe hint, at least a side dream, where he mm -hmm. was having a recurring dream of digging up a can in the backyard, uh, like a rusty old tin can or something like this, and just, I guess, mm -hmm. had rocks or dirt or something in it. And then uh, I guess in the very first days when he started collaborating and going over to John Lennon's house to write some of their early hits, <laughs> I love you, yeah, yeah, and some of these very early ones, mm -hmm. uh, John Lennon said, hey, Paul, you know, forgive my accent, I think I had the craziest dream this morning. I was in the backyard, my backyard, and I dreamt up of digging up this can which had gold coins. Uh, and, you know, Paul McCartney more or less flipped out at that moment. He goes, well, that's actually a recurring dream of mine. And I normally just have tin can, rusty dirt or, or maybe rocks. But this morning, now that you share it, I had the exact dream of digging up uh, actually really nice clean can with gold coins. Uh, just like your dream from the backyard. I think he comments uh, other than just kind of the excitement of the sim very similar dream that maybe there was a little... Uh, pretense or, or, or portents in that dream showing that hey maybe there was some pretty good uh let's say mm -hmm. gold some pretty good income and i guess lots of success to be made from uh, working together you know digging up some of the dream hits that him and lennon did later right and you know i guess many hundreds of million dollars later in their bank accounts or his bank account uh, you could say that that was a pretty good foretelling dream of hey maybe it would work out your collaboration mm -hmm. and a really yes. good side dream and a mutual dream and 
And I like to say that it's more a little more mutual theming because he didn't, neither of them really had the other person in the dream. So mm -hmm. they might not necessarily have known, but because they shared it, they saw that the, the symbolism was pretty darn rare. You know, gold coin backyard and digging up. And then also on the same day, they both had the same one. There's something very clearly happening there. So Absolutely. you can see hints. So I call that mutual theming, not exactly the same or maybe a little bit different. Some of the symbols a little different, but you can start to tell that it's pretty strongly connected more than just random chance. Have you ever had anything like that? I have never had something. The only thing I had happen was um, I was working on a case and a friend's daughter came to me in a dream. Oh, okay. Asking yeah. for help on the case. And when I when I told my now, friend, she was she said, in she was a person from Waking Life, or yeah. she's deceased also. She was from Waking Life. Okay, okay. And she just showed up in my dream, and I told my friend about it. I said, "You're not you're you're never going to believe this, but she must have traveled out of body to talk to me." Yeah, you and know, you, for did this you dream, check? was there anything verifiable from the the info that she shared? Just as she wanted help because she 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 was confused about stuff that was going on at the house. Oh, and okay. she told me stuff that was going on at the house that her mother didn't know about. And then you later verified or the mom told yeah. you, wow, that is yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was very interesting. And then like her, she, the mother said that while well, she asked her daughter, her daughter had no idea that she had done it. She just went out of body. Yeah, that's a good way. I mean, we say out of body, that's fine. A physicist like me, right. I'm a recovering thinkaholic over here, might say, <laughs> oh, non-local consciousness. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, but the main idea is the experience is a, definitely a bit more than chance and sometimes has valuable info. Like maybe some of the stuff she shared helped your actual research. Is right. That true? Yes. In this yeah. case, uh, one of my, uh, I guess, star students here, he might be an interesting guest for your show too. Maybe we'll, we'll connect about him. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, he's, he's been with me many years and uh, just recently he shared a dream because he works, I guess, uh, exploring as a medium, I guess, helping people and connecting with deceased. And he said that one of his coworkers appeared in his dream and he knew that she was having troubles because her, her son, very sadly, you know, recently passed. She was having a very tough time and she was feeling terrible from a few months, uh, I guess a month, month before, maybe a few weeks before for not having gone and seen her father who was kind of on the edge of health problems, but he was starting to get a little bit worse and she wanted to fly to Florida and didn't make it in time. Mm -hmm. So I guess he knew this sort of backstory from physical life. But in the dream, all of a sudden the phone rings at his old workplace where he knew this colleague from. And he goes quickly and answers the phone. But there's all kinds of noise, other workers, I guess, uh, noise in the hall. It's actually a hospital, so I guess a lot's going on there. And uh, he moved down the hall, which is interesting, sort of moved the connection, shifted something, went mm -hmm. to a quieter space, which might be you know, akin to like meditating in the middle of the night, a little hint for mm -hmm. you there. If you want a good time, a great time to meditate is between sleep cycles if you wake up and if it doesn't disturb your partner, of course. But anyway, in this case, he moved down the hall and uh, very clearly this voice came through and says, hi, this is, and he, he gave permission to, to say the whole story, but I'll just use initials. This is B, uh, and he knew the name, and it was the son of his coworker. This is B, and I have somebody who wants to talk to you. You know, and there's a little crackling, and all of a sudden, he's still in the dream. He gets this deeper voice comes on the call and says, Hi, please tell my girl that she's doing great. I'm doing great on the other side. And actually, don't feel all guilty or bad. I was there. I saw her at the funeral and everything. Because in physical life, by the time she did get to Florida, he had passed and she was feeling guilty. 
So in the dream, he's telling all this and he says, thanks a lot to, to my student friend for delivering this message here. When you wake up, that'd be great if you can tell her. Obviously he did and uh, shared it and she, and he said, oh, and one more thing. I think uh, I sort of got, or he told me his name was Jerry or maybe Gerald, something like that. Starts with a G or J sound. And she goes, oh my goodness, that is super interesting. His actual name was Gerald, but nobody really knew it. They just all called him Jerry. Mm -hmm. So something that's a little more verifiable. And of course, the practical benefit that I like here. It really brought her a lot of joy and peace to know that her son was kind of connected with her, I guess, dad, his granddad on the other side. And both of them were doing great. So peace of heart, maybe. Maybe not a huge world shaking, but as we share the story and maybe more people get connected with the possibility, it could actually shift our earth a little bit more peace, you know, less guilt, maybe. Well, looking at it from a okay, for you, looking at it from a science, you know, from a science standpoint, what are these visitations? Are they are is this, is it coming from our mind or is it or do you think it's coming from our mind or you think it's coming from a loved one? I'm just I'll take one moment. I'll answer in a sec to get like, i'm just loving the flashing light here i like it too you look like you're underwater it's kind of cool like, i'm a big shadow it's like perfect yeah it's really kind of cool it's not halloween but perfect backdrop <laughs> for the show here so forgive my quote-unquote electronic bug of the, the light connection that is awesome uh, i will take it as a, a sigh synchronicity but to get back to your question that's a pretty good question and i think there is uh some a lot of people have the same question. Oh, well, my mind just made this up or maybe it was a wishful dream mm -hmm. or maybe I was just having like a stress, almost like a post-traumatic stress dream because they had a really tough death or something. You know, different people have different challenges. Uh, and there is some ways to tell. I'll get to those in a sec, sort of separate. Mm -hmm. Is it an actual visitation, more of a sigh, like true connection? Or is it more of, let's say, an emotional rehash dream or just uh, maybe the the big pizza that we ate at midnight before going to sleep. Uh, first off, they're shown by statistical research, which is a little bit more science, that people who are uh, deceased start showing up in more like true visitation, connection, uh, dreams, uh, sometime around nine months after they pass. So not right away, which is interesting. So sometimes like within the first week, maybe just before, I guess they've headed out on the journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, but usually after that, there's kind of a waiting or holding period. Maybe something, I'm making a, a loose analogy here, but maybe something like they've moved to another country and they have to get settled, you know, right. the, other, the other realms beyond the veil. Uh, so there is an interesting time lag before like sort of true vegetation. It's not 100%. Certainly you can have them before then or after then. But there is a statistic that shows sometime around six to nine months, maybe a year, there's a good chance to really connect and uh, actually, uh, my close partner just had a really powerful dream of her uh, deceased sister who was about a year later. So interesting timing. I didn't try to go into science about it, but a really beautiful vision. And, and here's the hint from her experience and many others I've had and also seen with other people to, to kind of tell the difference, usually if it's very vivid, kind of clear, or sometimes they say, wow, even more real than waking life, more vivid clear you know impactful mm -hmm. emotionally impactful that's a pretty good sign that it's a bit more visitation uh if there's less if there's something like more dismemberment excuse the graphics here right. or maybe this is good for your show i don't know but like bloody <laughs> limbs or that kind of thing dismemberment and stuff right that's not usually a sign of uh, sort of a deceased coming 
Uh, might be some variations like right after the, the person died, depending how they died. But that's usually more working through some of the emotional letting go and, you know, the physical body is just, let's say, almost like a spacesuit for the being or the soul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, it's easy to say, telling tell, you know, intellectually, but emotionally, that's not an easy leap when it's a super, leak, super close loved one. So, you know, we usually have a little bit of that period. And then sometimes the person, uh, let's say the deceased, appears really, you know, in young, youthful, vibrant form. That's another pretty good hint of a true visitation. So not necessarily the age or the look that they passed with. This happened for my dad, who passed on about 15 months ago and came in actually a few dreams. And to, to follow that up, he came and gave me really valuable life advice. Uh, for my life so kind of personal advice here but i imagine it'll affect other people so there's a third hint you know kind of vivid if they appear younger and if there's some useful practical info sort of let's say inside info that with the larger perspective beyond the physical senses they have access to uh, that's a pretty good hint that it's a true visitation and by the way there's a edgar casey who i don't know if you're familiar with charlotte but a pretty good strong channel said when a deceased comes to visit especially in sort of dreamland, but sometimes in our feelings or thought, especially if it's a clear message. Uh, there is some kind of, I don't know, energy expanse that they, they use up to get there. I don't know if it's like the inner version of like a ticket price or, mm-hmm. or something. But anyways, it, it costs them a little bit of energy or, or some type of thing that it's really valuable and important for us to act on whatever advice or guidance they, they offer. As, as well as we can. I mean, if it's something that's high risk or, you know, very expensive, well, we have to use our judgment about it. But if it's something not too risky or expensive, just do it. Why not? Because they probably spent some time and energy and they're, they're trying to bring us something good and they, they can maybe see our future timeline. So it's wise to, to act on it. And it kind of leads to the principle I say, not just what does my dream mean? Mm-hmm. It's a good question, but different questions bring different results and different dreams even. Uh, so what does my dream want? Want kind of gives it a little bit of a persona or like a, a dream weaver essence. And, and really that's what it is, a wise, deep part of us coming with guidance most of the time, especially with deceased. And if we ask that, usually it leads to an action that serves us and other peoples with those gifts. Now, going back to your sub- to somebody's subconscious, I mean, if you're having a hard time in your life, and you're thinking, God, I wish my dad was here to help me, or I wish my mother was here to help me. Can you make that happen with your own dreams? <laughs> There's another uh, the million dollar question. Uh, that's an interesting two, two-sided, at least two-sided question. Uh, yes and no. You can certainly incubate and have a nice clear intention. Mm-hmm. In this case, uh, the person I was just referring to had a nice dream with her sister. Uh, just did fall asleep kind of, I guess, during the holidays, missing the person saying, wow, it'd be really great to see some of my my family. I guess uh, some of her family is deceased and some is not. But it'd be really great to connect, especially she was thinking of her sister. And there she came that night to visit and she even dreamed to visit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In other words, the intention proved pretty clear as a bit of a, maybe a doorway, maybe an invitation, like we send out a text message or whatever the equivalent is, a wish. Uh, and those and those those levels they can tune into it. A little caveat, or the other side of the equation is, if we're really trying, or really longing, or really miss them, or if there's unfinished business, like a lot of anger, or we're trying to tell them something, or, or if there's a lot of guilt, maybe shame. Who knows? Some people take responsibility for things that maybe not be serving them or the deceased. 
but everybody's situation is different. But if we can clear out sort of, let's say, the emotional fog or any kind of deep, heavy emotions, that can open the doorway too. Otherwise, it can limit the connections. And sometimes the deceased will come through, let's say, someone, a friend, a, another family member who is clear, who maybe doesn't have quite as much like attachment or sadness or whatever, and then get the message through, hey, I'm good, but you know, you're really missing me or you're trying so hard. And really, it's natural and easy. Just kind of open yourself, allow, and I'll be right there. So there's some subtle principles there, but the, the main answer I think that could be a value here is, yeah, by intention we can, if we're not asking and pushing every night, I think it might be interesting for people to experiment, invite in uh, somebody who's passed on. And I say, get something to, to act on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you've had those experiences or if you're interested in being part of an experiment, actually, please contact me because uh, I'm uh, doing a research project exactly about that. And maybe you can join that or maybe some of your experiences can help with that. I think uh, Charlotte, my website was going there or something. But if not, uh, you can visit craigweb.ca, mm -hmm. .ca, not com because it's based out of Canada. So then uh, you can reach out and uh, maybe we can have you inspire and serve some other people with your dreams and experiences too. That could work. I'd love to do that. My other question was, you mentioned that um, meditating between um, wakefulness, you know, the, the different levels of wakefulness. Does it make a difference? Because I know like with paranormal activity, when people tend to see ghosts is that point just before they fall asleep because, because their mind is slowed down or you know, when they're more open to stuff. Is that what it, is that similar? Yeah, well, it's definitely in that framework. So okay. There's there's lots of states between let's say even or whatever we call waking. I put it mm -hmm. in quotes there because there's so many different states from daydream to deja vu to you know very deep creative state to like intense peak performance states and, and all kinds of variations we probably don't even have names for. So the inner senses that's kind of the universal place. They can be operating even like when my like beta mind, logical kind of speaker self is, is coming through right now. I could have inner senses, but they're more likely when we're quieter, usually a certain type of sort of brain mix, I guess uh, the different frequency mix. That's why falling asleep, there'll be a little bit of a different uh, frequency mix of brain waves, and I guess physiology also usually quieter, so less physical perceptions coming through. You know, we're not bouncing around and maybe there's not too much sound or, or things or smells going by. So less physical senses usually equals more clear inner senses. And if meditation is, is one of the goals, because it could be many goals, but if one of the goals is to sort of have clearer, better dreams, maybe open up our inner senses, why not just as we're quiet or already, you know, perfect between sleep cycles. Over the course of a night, we usually have, depending how long you sleep, maybe four to six, if you really sleep in, sleep cycles, usually about 90 minutes each. And in each cycle, you go from pretty, you know, let's say close to wakefulness, falling asleep, into deep sleep, usually after about 30 minutes at the start of the night, 20, 30 minutes. And like, really, there's no dreams there. It's a deep state with like certain brain waves, and you can track these stages. And then after maybe 60, 70, 75, 80 minutes, we come up towards waking. We have maybe a little bit of REM sleep. You've heard of that, the REM, rapid right. eye movement. Right. And then uh, sometimes we have little micro awakenings. You know, you wake up. And especially as the cycles continue during the night, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth sleep cycle, we're going to have more and more dreaming time. In other words, more visual story, plot line, REM sleep. We're going to have less and less deep sleep. 
and our sort of waking and dreaming minds will be closer together. So, you know, turning it into a practical technique here, why not after, let's say, either four and a half, so three cycles, or maybe six hours, four cycles, wake up, have maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, even a perfect 90-minute cycle awake, you know, if it's not going to disturb your days, or maybe on a weekend, and mm-hmm. then go back to sleep. Uh, and then during that sleep time, research has proven that we're four to five times more likely to have like a lucid dream or a psi experience or maybe have a visit. Certainly our recall will be way clearer, uh, but we might actually bring our waking consciousness more into the dream and get some pretty cool experiences. And well, it could be meditation that you do in the wakeful period. could mm-hmm. be reading about a topic because we have thought momentum. I wouldn't go and look that and watch the news or something like that because... Right. And they probably just have upsetting dreams after that. But you could have an intention to, wow, I really would like to, you know, pick up some music, like the mm-hmm. 200 artists in my book, you know, top stars who had like number one hits because they, they dreamt the actual melody that could really touch the mass consciousness. Or maybe each person has a different goal, an athlete, or maybe just for a relationship. Wow, I think he really likes me. Maybe I can get some inside info whether it's true. Yeah. So an intention can be good, but meditation is a perfect activity for that little wakeful time. Absolutely. Now, I've had dreams where I've woken up and then fall, fallen back asleep and continued to dream. Ah, well, you just tapped into the exact cycles we're talking about. And my guess there, I don't need to be right, but what I've mostly seen and what I imagine is it was probably in those later morning hours, right? Not at the start of the mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, like I said, we're not really going into the deeper steep and sleep. Our states are closer together, our sort of mental subconscious and our conscious mind. They're quite close, especially in that last sleep cycle. And if you can kind of surf awake a little bit, you know, maybe go to the washroom, whatever you need to do, or meditate, uh, you know, or turn off the alarm on your phone if it's the morning on Sunday, and then kind of navigate gently, kind of just eyes closed. I can give a little tip or a little trick for that in a second but kind of gently kind of surf back into sleep rather than kind of dive or fall. Uh, then you can usually continue a dream. And I bet you at least half the listeners have done that so they can raise their hands. Uh, and, you know, you can guide it a little bit as you learn a little bit more balance and skills and presence. You can actually join your waking mind, kind of surf back in consciously. We call that wake-induced lucid dreams or WILD, if you use the letters, the acronym. So you can have consciousness during that last cycle, you know, fully asleep in the dream, but you're there present. You can guide it, get info, remember more clearly and, and some other interesting things. Interesting question in the chat room is uh, what exactly is deja vu? Ah, well, deja vu from Quebec here, which is where I live. <laughs> I can tell you it's French for already seen. So there's a little bit of linguistics. Uh, and what most people relate that to, which is probably where that phrase came from, is, wow, I've experienced this before. Deja vu, I've already seen it. Sometimes people connect that with their dreams. Sometimes they don't. Uh, and we can go into variations if that's of interest to our chat person. Sure, sure. It's a great question. But there's uh, actually variations on the deja vu, probably having to do with different inner senses. Mm-hmm. But there's deja vécu, which is French, already lived. Uh, so that's kind of when we know what's going to happen next. Oh, my God, they're going to tell me this. and I've lived this before somewhere in my dream. Déjà visité. That's uh, another variation. And then we sort of find ourselves back in a place, usually right where we're, we're at when we have the experience. You know, I don't know, go to Trafalgar Square and all of a sudden be transported 
you know, in a, in a fairly awake state back to a hundred years before in Trafalgar, maybe when we were, uh, I don't know, like a, an armor, armored knight or something. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes a geographical location or a space can trigger that. And then, uh, I forgot what the third one was. I forgot what I said. Deja vécu, deja visité, and deja vu. Well, there's three good ones. But those, mm -hmm. so there's some variations. And some people can very clearly say, oh, yeah, I dreamt this three weeks or three months. Or, I've seen actually seven and 21 years before. So someone with a good memory, but it's usually a pretty emotionally salient experience so that they can remember that far back. In. You ever had the deja vu or deja visite or any of those? I don't think I've had that. I can't, or a sense, I can't remember. Something unusual is happening, like I sort of live this, or I, I right. know what's going yeah. to happen Yeah, that's... Maybe, maybe, yeah. It's, hard, it's kind of hard to think on the spot. The one I did do was the pre, was precognition of a car wreck. Okay. And, and that went on for years and years and years and years, and it did finally happen the way it played out. Wow. But yeah. I had it for... Do you remember, you know, uh, or off the top of your head, how many years ahead did you start dreaming? Probably about five years. Or my guess here is probably about seven. Exactly. Maybe, so yeah. If you check. I'm, I'm interested, but there's usually very strong seven-year cycles. Um, yeah. We've heard that in, in very popular culture as the seven-year itch in relationships, but it shows up all over the place. Big, well, I don't know if I remember telling you about the one I had too, but that was a seven-year thing. My Which house, uh, well, oh. this different one I had as a kid. And my house, the, my dining room is, is, is just a box of a room. <laughs> And um, I had to have this dream where I could see this man out front and my house was a shadow man. And I could just see his shoulders. He's real tall with a hat. And he would walk around my house. And at the time, my dining room or in my dream, the dining room had these windows that were at the top, kind of like, you know, midway up the wall so you could see out. And I remember all I could see was his shoulders and his hat. But I would always be under the table st staring at him out the window. And dreams are more of a waking experience in my dream. And dream. sure enough, probably like 10 years later, like you're saying, seven, 10 years later, I come home from work one day and they install windows over there. Oh, and I was just like, wow, you know, walking through the door. Never saw a man there, but I'm just saying, you know, the, the, the windows. Well, I guess there was there. a man there, whoever put in the window. Or maybe yeah. Moment. Yeah. The windows were put there. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, hence, you know. And some of these things you might say, oh, well, that was just a precognition. But it could be, this is kind of flipping the whole framework of right. living on its, on its head, that actually the true experience happened in the dream, kind of the most impo important emotional experience and some mm -hmm. symbolism there. And then as almost like a fractal or like a ghost image in physical life, it turned out a few years later, the, image, the windows in the house got changed also. Mm -hmm. So you see, it's kind of turning the timeline backwards as maybe the inner experience is even more direct or salient and emotionally strong. So it's interesting. Usually the important thing is what's the connection. So right, you right. say, yeah, we see the psi experience. And I'd, li I'd like the listeners and the viewers to ask this too. So if you see kind of a strong psi link, oh, I had the same dream like Paul McCartney or John Lennon, or I had a, a premonition of something really clear and specific that came true. You know, sometimes the morning of, but sometimes weeks or months ahead. A lot of mm -hmm. people pre-dreamt September 11th because it was such mm -hmm. a big world event. I had a very clear dream five years before exactly on the morning of September 11th, which I only found out later when I checked my, my dream database. So, But then usually ask, why that? Since our inner senses, uh, just like our physical senses, could pick up on anything, 
Mm -hmm. uh, there's usually a pretty interesting answer to why this experience and why now. And then the answer to the why now might bring an actionable thing. Of, oh, example here, Richard Bach. Have you heard of the author, uh, Richard yes. Bach? Yes. Jonathan Siegel, Illusion, yes. Bridge Price right. Forever, and a few other books. Uh, he gave a very clear experience of sort of dream slash deja vu, but he kind of had a, a deja vu of something very clear, but just passed by in sort of a flash. And the moment before he was thinking of, uh, you know, actually leaving his wife, or I guess his wife-to-be at the time, and they had, you know, had a fight and an argument, but because he was kind of awake to these things, he said, kind of interrupt the argument i can't talk to you right now i have to go and follow the the little dream or whatever happened here and he kind of got quiet and went inside and then he had a little vision maybe a dream sort of a half half day dream half sleeping dream of seeing himself in a plane but the whole plane kind of getting hit by another plane and crashing Ooh. and the next day he was going to be you know piloting some gliders uh, and in the dream he had died and that was it so He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he apologized to his wife and said, okay, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to be really careful tomorrow. And, uh, and it just turned out, you know, he was careful, I think. But it actually happened that a plane did hit another plane, not his plane. Right. And that both pilots parachuted to safety fine. So almost like the ghost reality, or we could say maybe the probable future, he managed to shift it because he asked, hey, what does this little dream or deja vu want? Mm -hmm. He sort of asked that really key question, and by that he said he apologized to his, like his wife to be about the fight, and changed his actions the next day. And possibly, as as it sort of seems, he might have avoided his own premature death. This is my other question too: is can we control the dreams we have? I mean, like like if we like if you go to bed angry, chances are you're going to have an ang you're going to have something weird in a dream because. Your, your mental state is like that. So can that be controlled to where you can control the types of dreams? Yeah. Well, uh, we have this principle, I, I loosely call it thought momentum. Mm -hmm. uh, we could say feeling momentum because it's probably more the feelings than the thoughts, but they're, they're tied together. They intermingle. But whatever we're kind of focused on, let's say, or unconsciously focused on is often what we'll dream about and whatever we'll think about all day also, you know, it kind of keeps popping in. So it's not surprising that it comes in dreams. If we use that principle consciously, if we choose it, if we intend it, you can fall asleep with a question or even just entering into a nice deep state of well-being mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, thing you want to set into motion. Maybe you listen to your favorite dream-inspired music before sleep or, mm -hmm. and you get a, a new musical song come in your dream. So yeah, we can certainly guide the content of dreams. That's called dream incubation or intentional dreaming, designer dreaming, I call it. And then if we practice a little more, some people naturally, and, and many people the first time they try, so maybe tonight, listeners or viewers, uh, that they have a conscious dream. In other words, our waking mind, to some degree, not always our full memory, our full presence, our full logic, you know, different parts of us, but let's say to some degree, more of our waking mind joins us in the dream. And then let's say enough memories there to, hey, I wanted to do an experiment. I wanted to go meet my favorite movie star, or I wanted to fly or walk through a wall or some experiment that inspires you and then we can actually do it during a dream and maybe it sounds a little bit average when i'm telling you now but i can tell you when you wake up in another universe or let's say another reality level uh, that's very different from physical home base that we're speaking to each other in now 
right. and you're fully present and you can go through a wall, but with the believability as much as now or even more vivid than like what we're experiencing now, it's like, whoa, how come nobody ever talked to me about this? <laughs> nobody in physics class taught me about this one. Yeah, that's what That was my first experience. I wrote a whole song about it. It ends up being things that really change our identity. You know, mm -hmm. we start to have a hint that, wow, maybe, and my experience and belief is that that's true, but we start to have a hint even if, there, if we don't want to go that far. Maybe it's like this after we pass on too. Fully present, conscious, in some other reality, and physical body, you know, quiet, eyes closed, mm -hmm. lying prone. Uh, it's not too much different. Fortunately, it's just temporary. <laughs> But in this case, we're fully present in another world. So we may start to have freedom from, from death and, and that kind of fear. So there's a lot of interesting repercussions, if nothing else, in a fun adventure. Do you think that dreams are allowing us to go into another dimension? Uh, well, they already are another level of awareness. Mm -hmm. so if you want to call that a dimension, sure, that will. Uh, can they bring us to, let's say, different distances in this quote-unquote physical dimension? Yeah, that's usually called remote viewing or something like it, maybe mm -hmm. clairvoyance. Uh, is it a different dimension? It's sort of a different dimension because now we're having a physical perception, like an extrasensory perception that's not part of what we might call as our dimension. You know, how could I see across like the world to some very specific thing that proved true, example? Or I see across time. Is that a different dimension? Depends a little bit on your language, but definitely things that are interesting and that can, you know, allow us sometimes into like worlds that are way, way different than our physical reality. You know, let's say the world forked back you know, on the dinosaur level or something even mm -hmm. before that, so that there's very strange, like, I don't know, animal humanoids or, or something like Planet of the Apes, but even more extreme than that. Uh, then it's prob probably, uh, you know, sort of real in its own right, another dimension, you might say. But the experiences can be fully real if we're conscious and certainly pretty mm -hmm. real if we just remember it waking up. I had a pretty interesting one, Charlotte. I don't know if you've ever heard of Umbaba. It's a pretty rare uh, name. Have you ever heard of that? I've never heard of that. From Africa, you might. Maybe some of our listeners know about it. But apparently there's a city, Umbaba, under the, the mountains of the moon in Africa, somewhere around Zaire, I believe. Uh, and uh, I, I, hadn't, I didn't know anything about this, but I was starting to, to go with our little principle of, let's say, thought momentum. I was researching Joseph Shabalala for my book, uh, mm -hmm. a big African uh, musical shaman whose father was an actual medicine shaman. And as I started researching him, I dreamt of this amazing land with, I guess, reptilian people. I'm just calling them people because they were humanoid, but very intelligent and beautiful, not mm -hmm. like dangerous, not really like dragons or anything, but... I guess red lizard people and then beautiful golden statues and one interesting side connection i guess maybe telepathy maybe clairvoyance maybe another dimension is mm -hmm. without me saying anything yet my student that week uh, wrote hey i had this really strange dream this week with craig in this city with golden statues and buildings and these reptile people and he was riding on this big dragon golden dragon very strange mm -hmm. any connections anyone <laughs> I said, we yeah, had a strong connection. On the same day, I actually had a dream in that city. Uh, and I later learned that it was called Umbaba and that uh, that was in one of the sacred lands where the medicine men and everything meet in Africa. A little follow-up synchronicity that I, was, I still don't exactly know how to interpret. At the first time I presented about that, you know, publicly in the physical presentation, which was in Denmark, I guess in Holland, Mm -hmm. uh, somebody came up to me uh, with black skin after my talk and said, wow, that was interesting. By the way, you know what? 
I live uh, right beside the mountains of the moon. <laughs> I thought it was wow. kind of a mystical place, but this person says, yeah, I go hiking there all the time. Not necessarily in the land, the underground mountains of the moon, Umbaba place, but certainly the physical geographical location. I thought that was pretty neat. Like the day I first presented, this person appears who's been there and hikes there all the time. Almost like you're starting to connect with like a, I don't know, a beautiful mosaic or something of synchronicity. And the, and the feeling mm -hmm. is like, wow, wonder, and it's intriguing. That's absolutely fascinating. Wow. That's really cool. Is it a real place? That kind of answer your question? Yeah. For me, it is. It was a really neat place, and I love going back. I love the idea that music can come from there. And certainly, there's a whole like lineage of, let's say, medicine people that live and connect with there. We could kind of get a little bit out there. Maybe there's a past life experience of me or a probable alternate life where I'm a reptile mm -hmm. person. Couldn't tell you. Right now, I don't feel too snaky or uh, dragonish. <laughs> you never know. That's another question I have now with dreams. Um, when you get messages in your dreams, for instance, you know, maybe, maybe you're going through stress. You don't really realize you're going through stress over something. Can yeah. messages come from family members or from, from, from the dream itself? In fact, I'd say most dreams are offering that on some level. Mm -hmm. Almost always. I mean, even let's say you have, I don't know, big uh, MSG food at like 1 a.m., and then you mm -hmm. have a really upsetting nightmare at like 1.30 or 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, there's still a quote-unquote message or let's say an action item. Probably it's not really worth interpreting the nightmare because it's kind of a body-level dream. Mm -hmm. and you might not really have too many associations. But if it's a nightmare and you just had like, oh, maybe that's a good message. You know, don't have that at 1 a.m. Uh, or, or at least experiment with other food or, or no food. So there's usually something valuable to act on. Sometimes it might just be sort of like, I'm using an analogy here with our mm -hmm. waking internet because the internet of dreams mm -hmm. uh, can be very much like the, the internet and physical life but let's say we get an inner email you know a dream with maybe a message it might be more like cc waking self send a copy to waking self who, who doesn't really need to know right now but maybe in six months it could be important that they kind of had a little bit of warming up to the idea of let's say you know car accident like you the first mm -hmm. time you had your experience, it was probably more like CC waking self because you couldn't really act on anything specific, right. I guess. Right. But later, when you start having a recurring dream, maybe more specifics, just like John Lennon did when he got very clear, clearer dreams about actually his murder. You know, he saw a chubby stranger with a specific kind of revolver outside the Dakota Hotel wearing spectacles, etc. Uh, a few dreams actually combined. Uh, then you start to have something that's somewhat actionable and it's not CC waking self right now. It's kind of like, you know, a TNT dream. I call it dynamite TNT, you know, but it's also today, not tomorrow. Act on it like soon to avoid an unpleasant future if it's an upsetting dream. And then if you wake up with like beautiful vision or deceased or like I, I sometimes have tears on my pillow at some amazing, mm -hmm. beautiful joy kind of dream. Uh, that's also probably an action item, too. In other words, a beautiful, bright future, act towards it, you know, start mm -hmm. maybe if you had a song record it for me, or maybe speak to the person if somebody else was in the dream, it might turn into an interesting relationship or whatever, but it's usually pointing to a probable and really bright future. So I'd say pretty much all dreams have some level or at least a little bit of a message and some are like blatant, direct, mm -hmm. you know, action items. Do you think we should look at journals? 
Yeah, and I say vary it up a little bit so you don't get bored. You can try it on computer if you want to kind of log and track and you know search premonitions by key key names or keywords. Uh, so computer can be interesting. Computer isn't always the greatest in the middle of the night or maybe first thing in the morning, so you might have a little voice recorder. I usually say make sure you turn off your cell phone function if you're using your cell phone so you don't get blasted with microwaves all night. But you could have the, the let's say, cell function off and just do a voice recorder. Usually dream recall will be more extensive if it's just by voice because you can keep your eyes closed. So a little recall hint there to remember more dreams. Try to keep your eyes closed when you wake up. Or if you, you wake up and open them, then just close them again. And then you could actually also write. Some people like to write. Uh, you could type it later. There's lots of ways some people draw it. You could dance it. But somehow make it a little bit more physical, even if it's just telling someone because they appeared in your dream, like like I guess you did with, uh, what was it, your when your client's daughters appeared. So you didn't necessarily write it down and record it much, but you, as long as you acted on it, something beneficial right. happened in right. our physical reality from an invisible event that you had alone waking up. And that's kind of the, like, I guess the lineage. A shamanic, I guess we might not call it that, but it's kind of a right. shamanic gift. We take something from inner planes, bring it through our action, which is really thoughts in motion. That's what actions are. We think of something, we dreamt of something, we have an impulse, we act on it. And then uh, all of a sudden it becomes a physical event for other people because we acted on it. Maybe it helps them, maybe it helps us and allows us to serve people or changes our mood or something. But somehow it becomes into our physical life. That's usually what dreams want. I'd say most dreams, especially the salient ones. Why do we remember some dreams more than others? Probably that exact same reason. Okay. The ones we remember are the ones that are kind of like catching our attention. Hello, please act on me. Uh, and usually there's an emotional content. Mm -hmm. uh, and often the most important if people, you know, get a lot of dreams. Some people don't have the challenge of no dreams. They have too many and they're like epic, you know, I guess long stories, you know, hour long to write it down kind of stories. I've seen that. Uh, I've actually seen that it's a bit of a stage of dreaming, not necessarily mm -hmm. or better or worse. But we can start to go to a little more, let's say, efficient or, I don't know, sort of like executive summary dreams. And often the last dream of the morning, kind of the thought even, might not think of it as a dream, but the very first waking thought, mm -hmm. I use the word thought because it doesn't sound like the word dream, but it might not have visuals, it might not be a storyline, we might not have thought it was an experience we just had in sleep, but it is a fresh thought and kind of a quiet thought that pops up as we wake up or a dream recall, that's obvious, or a little melody playing in our mind. That's mm -hmm. usually an action item for the day, or at least the next few days, you know, sometime pretty soon. And if it comes again, then it's definitely an action item, and don't slack. You know? <laughs> right when I said that, the light went really bright here. That was funny. There you go, um, a little synchronicity to emphasize the point. It's <laughs> telling us to do that. So when somebody says that they didn't have any dreams, why is that? Uh, mostly some people have had surgery or they might be strong on alcohol so some things actually do limit dreaming if they've had like you know lobotomy etc but the, one of my radio host friends uh, said uh, yeah i guess i don't have much recall if i've ever had a bottle in front of me or a frontal lobotomy which isn't the greatest uh, <laughs> i guess wordplay but kind of interesting so we might actually have limited dreaming but otherwise almost always it's people who have either consciously or unconsciously kind of close the door to dreams mm -hmm. and when i say unconsciously I say no i didn't but if they remember or think about it they probably had a lot of nightmares when they were a certain age maybe after mm -hmm. a divorce 
or maybe after you know a terrible accident, car accident, or a deceased loved one, and there's just too much grief. And they started having upsetting dreams, so they closed the door, possibly unconsciously. It's fine, the moment you want to, it's just like a little toggle switch, you know, you can press a button, okay, dreams, come on back. Like a friend, they'll say, oh, okay, you ready now? And you might have a nightmare as the first few. <laughs> Mm -hmm. upsetting dream in other words something trying to get your attention some emotions or some energy that's kind of locked in the past a little bit of trauma but usually pretty quickly that'll clear out like say clear the backlog and your clear dreams will come and then some other i guess the other biggest reason i've seen other than just kind of closing the door is people don't have a practical use for it or they haven't seen what potential benefits are there so like anything else in life if we don't really see a way that it could serve us or be helpful or you know, save us money or help our health, which, by the way, is happening almost daily mm -hmm. uh, if or nightly, if you're listening, then uh, we don't really think about it or spend much time trying to log it or record it or act on it. Uh, and that's unfortunate because so many gifts go by. Imagine here my analogy from before. We're getting lots of emails every day, but what if there's some like super important contracts or an amazing personal email, a new relationship or some opportunity of incredible nature that comes by email or even just like a super funny joke and we're not opening those messages that's mm -hmm. bad <laughs> now when, when you were talking about health stuff for dreams will you get i mean do people get direct messages about their health and their dreams or are they kind of riddles that people have to figure out a bit of each uh, mm -hmm. and i don't know if figure out would be the best let's okay. say allow inward sure so it's not really trying, trying, searching, but we do sometimes need to focus on it. Maybe explore, try some techniques. Uh, in the teleclasses I, I lead, I teach uh, many different ways to what I call open the gifts, unwrap the gifts, open the letters, whatever you want to say. Uh, but just simply, I could tell one now uh, that's pretty quick and pretty universal. If we sit with the feeling of a dream, uh, you know, the emotional sense, which a lot of people gloss over or never share or never write if they're recording dreams or don't even notice maybe. But mm -hmm. if we sit with the actual feeling and locate it in our body, wherever it is, uh, that will actually give a pretty clear and strong connection with what the dream is about because the same feeling will show up in some waking scenario in our life. I call that the Rosetta Stone. That helps translate the languages if you know the Rosetta Stone. It translates between waking and dreaming. So the feeling is kind of the link, you might say. Uh, and that uh, usually helps us fill in some of the specific symbols when we know the situation that it's about. Uh, so that's a big way, but otherwise there's lots of associative techniques and different ways to help unwrap the dreams. And sometimes it's just direct, clear, and nobody needs to know at it, but we're afraid of acting on it, mm -hmm. or it's risky, or we're scared, or maybe addicted, we're just not you know, open, we're really attached to something, maybe letting go of a habit for the new year. Diet can be like that sometimes, <laughs> trying to lose weight, but it's tough to let go of the extra sugar and all the stuff we right. got at Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it usually pushes us, uh, or it often will push us, and then more and more as you, you know, start getting, I guess, a little bit more versed in this kind of thing. It gives us bigger and bigger potential gifts, but require a little bit more of I don't know, let's say willpower or smartness or just dedication, commitment, mm -hmm. or facing fears, maybe some courage. And then the gifts are huge and usually for many people. So yeah, we can definitely shift in and look at it a little bit. But also I'll, I'll tell people, you know, even the biggest gift comes, I'd say the biggest gift, if not at least, comes, you know, a huge gift comes just if we record dreams mm -hmm. and never even look at or act on them. Why? Because we start to connect the waking and dreaming minds. 
And we have a really big payoff in waking life when that happens. You know what we call it, uh, Charlotte? Uh -uh. What, uh, we what have we a phrase. It? People don't always connect the two, but we call it intuition or okay. gut feeling okay. or hunches. And really, that's a connection with uh, inside info, right? That's mm -hmm. what intuition is. And the same thing, it's maybe not exactly the same if we want to break down all the variations, but generally the main same channel of intuition is what we call dreams or dream recall. So if we're kind of practicing recording dreams, we're opening up the channel, developing the neural pathways to actually get the info coming into physical life. And if we explore it, contemplate, act on it, even better. And we're mm -hmm. using some of the content, but the intuition is always a good payoff. And, and sometimes if we're just focused on presence, meditation, maybe a clear mind before sleep. We can mm -hmm. have amazing adventures, lucid, conscious dreams, and, and some of the things that the students have when they, they start the teleclasses. Uh, usually after a week or two of clearing and some of the nightmares, uh, they get into some of these amazing, bright, explorational, fun, adventure dreams. That's awesome. One last question, and uh, everybody has these. What are falling dreams? Ah, have you had that? Oh, frequently. Okay, wow. Well, maybe uh, we'll offer you a little bit of an insider upgrade, especially if it's recent. <laughs> uh, and I don't always like to give one size fits all because there's mm -hmm. some variations for even each of the main archetypes. Mm -hmm. But that one is a worldwide theme. And I'd say for most people, I can give maybe one exception. For most people, it's usually a very big life lesson. Like these are kind of when it becomes an archetype that's worldwide, like many people from different cultures and different ages have the dream. Mm -hmm. They call those archetypes or let's say deep universal symbolism. It's always a huge life lesson. And those are the things that we're here on earth to learn, you know, to, to get the gifts of life are really the lessons. Mm -hmm. You don't get to take too much else with you as you pass death door. So to get the lesson here in the falling dream, we just need to have, first of all, a mental or maybe a spiritual or emotional recognition. Mm -hmm. Falling is actually flying. So just let that settle in. In fact, the words almost sound the same, right? Right, right. Have F, L, N's and I, N, G in English anyway. Uh, and the main difference, if most people kind of contemplate the two together, maybe like flip sides of a coin, uh, the, the main difference is that we have fear when we're in the following dreams, in most cases. And in flying dreams, it's usually lightness, freedom, perspective, you know, joy, laughter, and just like mm -hmm. a good sense, exaltation, you know exhilaration maybe depending on how we're flying everybody has a different style of flying like you know some right. people swim through the air like robin williams in the movie hook you know peter pan right uh, some other people do like shazam or superman other people like stand up kind of levitating uh, so there's interesting variations there but the bottom line is falling can be flying if we kind of recognize that you know actually mm -hmm. recognize recognize if we mm -hmm. rethink it a little bit and if we choose a new ending emotionally so let's say for example with your following dream uh, charlotte what would you say would be the ultimate ending if you could choose it you know it's your dvd your darn valuable <laughs> dream you could change the ending what would you pick instead of kind of waking up with fright or fear or hit the bottom or whatever happened i don't know i think it would be something happy i mean like the one i i, I the recent more recent one i had i was driving and I went off a cliff, like like over the ocean. And down it went. You know what I mean? So I would think it would be something like because I love I, I love Hawaii, the Hawaiian Islands. So I think it would be something like ending up in the nice warm water and kind of floating around. Okay, very good. I love how you kind of reinterpreted. By the way, that's an actual slide I share in my presentation, right? Connected with sort of shifting nightmares. 
with really? being in Hawaiian right. waters warm and having breakfast on the beach. So that's interesting. You kind of tuned into that. Yeah. But I'd say that there's a really good shift there and just not just mentally, you know, we're talking about from sort of a head place here, right. actually breathe in the feeling, even just for five, 10 seconds now, maybe to, to where you felt the fear in the previous dream. Mm-hmm. You might close your eyes or you don't have to. But if you kind of put some chi or prana or breath, we might call it breath, but on the inner levels, the, the prana in that body location with a new feeling, mm-hmm. first of all, we're probably going to have neural pathways that kind of experience the new emotion. But we're giving our emotional body, and in that case, our dream weaver, a really clear message of what we'd like the new ending to be and where we're headed with our, let's say, face fears, our courage. Yeah, maybe we still have the fear, but Mm -hmm. we do it anyways, or we just take our attention off the fearful thing and put it on something much brighter. And uh, that same waking skill really translates to waking life. I'm not sure how much uh, time did we still have because I could tell a very interesting oh, case. Go ahead. Go ahead. No problem. Yeah. I just want to respect you and the listeners. No, it's okay. We're still on the air. That's a good sign. So go for oh, okay. it. <laughs> Nobody's uh, They're all flying with us or hopefully they haven't flown. No. Off. Power because hasn't gone off, so we're good to go. One of the students, I guess, clients I worked with, uh, she gave full permission. Her name is Mimi. And she was having chase dreams, so another a slight variation, but let's say a really universal worldwide archetype being chased. Sure. I bet you 82, 81.5% of the listeners will put up their hands for that one. Four out mm-hmm. of five, let's say, depending on the mm-hmm. audience, a little bit age and such. But a very worldwide and universal across all cultures. So she was having this and a few times a week, and she said, not just this is like a terrible dream, but I wake up like in a sweat super shaking and tired and i'm tired most of the day at work because i spent it you know a good part of the night either freaked out or sometimes multiple times per night at least multiple times per week and so she said what can i do you know she's really desperate i -hmm. said well there's lots of different ways there's other there's methods you can use you know we could sit there and do one technique right there but i mentioned a few possibilities sort of like i guess i like art menu and she liked lucid dreaming the idea of having conscious dreams changing the ending during the dream, kind of in real time while she's asleep. So I taught her some techniques for that. And I guess uh, about a week later when I saw her, she kind of came and grabbed my arm and said, hey, hey, I got to talk to you, Craig. I said, okay, okay, what's up, what's up? She remember you, you taught me about how to change the ending? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, did anything new happen? She said, well, for a few days I kind of had the nightmare again, but then all of a sudden I was being chased, but this time a little different, in a car, Kind of pursued but i saw the chase person or i guess whoever the the scary shadow character you know in, in the mm-hmm. rear view mirror of the car and it freaked me out so i i hopped out of the car opened the door and started running on foot and then it was the exact same dream that we kind of rehearsed when we did our session a week ago and i kind of had enough of presence i guess maybe my memory poked through sort of a memory bomb mm-hmm. went off to say change the engine change the engine so I whirled around and I still had the fear, like right on my chest, I think she said. Except now I had this courage and the knowledge, my body is safe in bed. You know, I kind of went by quickly, the, the thought, but I'm safe, I'm safe. And she said, this is my dream and you can't hurt me. She kind of yelled at the pursuer person. And she said, what's strange is, for the first time I actually saw his face, it was a man. And uh, it was a really friendly face and he seemed nice. And he said, hurt you? What are you talking about? I've been running after you all this time just to say, you know, I love you. Wow. And she said, what? She goes, yes, you've been running. So I've been chasing you. Hello. She said, oh my God. You know, a little bit of a, 
a dialogue. But then shortly he took her hands and kind of merged symbolically, I guess the perfect the perfect integration dream, merged into her body. And mm. she kind of woke up. Now, first of all, she had a whole new wake up ending, not just the dream. She had like energy, electricity, and like, I guess, joy kind of mixed in all around her aura, her body, let's say. Uh, she said, that was new, and she really liked that, so she stayed in bed a little more. And, uh, and then she said, what's interesting is I had a lot of that same feeling at work that day, uh, and I was feeling comfortable and really good. And it's been a week, and I haven't had the nightmare again, and that's pretty rare. And I spoke to her two years later, and she goes, nope, never again. So she kind of got the lesson, you know, she didn't have to repeat that class in school. But she told me uh, two years later, she said, what I find most interesting is the actual kind of emotional, let's say, lesson. I didn't mm -hmm. think of it as that, but later contemplating it is actually something I really needed and integrated because I would always be nice or friendly or maybe shy, I guess, or timid, but I wouldn't speak my truth. You know, maybe I wanted a raise or something didn't sit with me right, but I'd never speak up about it. Uh, so I think the dream kind of taught me stand my ground a little more assertiveness, not judgment and anger and try to like kill or beat up the person. But in this case, I stood my ground and asked for a gift and tried to turn it to something better. And I've learned that skill in my waking life. And it's really helped me work in my personal relationships. So thanks a ton. That's awesome. Life That's lesson learned. Yeah, that is great. One last question from Jerry here. If you threw one in at the last minute, what is dreaming you're in darkness? Ah, wow, Jerry, you might be a, a, I guess, a woman or a guy. I'm not sure if that's a woman. A woman. Might be after my heart here, which uh, is a sort of numinous dreaming. It's a phrase I kind of made up. But let's say dreaming of freedom from form. I'm talking a little bit scientific here. But that could be darkness. We don't necessarily interpret it as freedom from form because there's no forms there. But I'm kind of giving it as a contrast to visual dreams with storylines, people, and other things. Uh, and maybe it's freedom from sound or music. Not too many people dream music or sounds, but mm -hmm. we could have freedom from that, or let's say lack of. Same thing for other touch may or may not be there, etc. And the more and more we kind of get to what I'll call pure potential, let's say darkness as its pure potential of all events, all form, all creations, all sounds, uh, we're getting very close to something super interesting, which I believe to be at least one aspect of our core true self all beautiful potential for creation or let's say manifestation mm -hmm. let's say individuation would carl Jung would call it so some people might be scared oh the darkness the evil the black i'd say enter it just like mimi did try to face it and go right into the heart of it example maybe for you charlotte right after our our call tonight i'd say you know what continue your falling dream and fall right into the dark scary earth or pavement or concrete and through it and into the empty void darkness which I am, I've done many times, and it's actually a pretty interesting experience. And then it becomes very energizing. So I don't know if our listeners had this. Maybe she'll she'll write there again if she has a little mm -hmm. feedback. But mm -hmm. you can enter into a state which you can be somewhat, or maybe even fully conscious, possibly deeper than our REM sleep, where you get presence during an altered state, and the energy, let's say emotional life force. Hard to say what it is. I don't know, chi, chi or shakti or might call it, uh, I don't know, invigoration, exhilaration, comes with us when we wake up. And uh, one very advanced practitioner said, oh yeah, about four minutes of conscious deep sleep. In other words, full presence in the darkness, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, but a deep, rich, pure, pure, pure darkness, maybe between dream cycles, etc. 
is equal to a whole night's of rest in terms of energy. So even just from an efficiency point of view, it might be interesting to explore the darkness. We get a super energy life boost. So there's some potentials, but you know, that's the universal. There might be other individual variations and uh, if she wants to write to me privately, maybe sure. we can give some, uh, some info how people can reach out. Sure, sure, sure. Thank you so much. It is always so fascinating to have you on the show. Oh, thanks. Well, if they do want to reach out, uh, check out Applied Dreaming with two Ds there, AppliedDreaming.com. Okay. Uh, that talks about classes, and I do lead private trainings, and uh, I'm also glad just to answer quick questions if people have them, and that can be helpful. Sometimes we can have a huge shift with a simple question or a shift of thought, so I hope that for anybody listening, and I hope that for you, Charlotte. Maybe next time we talk, you'll have, like, amazing Hawaiian flying dreams. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. I'd love to have you on again, as always. That's fantastic. Oh, positive recurring dreams, not just some of these dark ones, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, like I said, I'd love to have you on again. You're always great to have on. You're fascinating to talk to. And, uh, thank you. Thank Maybe you next so time much. TikTok and who knows all your other Yeah, we're going to have you all over the place. Put you <laughs> okay, everywhere. Great. Put you everywhere. <laughs> Appreciate it. And a wonderful New Year's uh, to you and all the listeners. You too. And what's next for you? Oh, for me? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I'm uh, on uh, this new research study. Maybe I'll just mention it again because it can sure. serve many people. If anybody's interested in being part of a, I guess, exploration, which we're going to, I guess, get helpful info from the deceased, people who maybe sometime, somehow through dreams or other states reach reach out to the living, uh, that could be interesting to, to contact me at craigweb.ca. You can do contact at craigweb.ca. That's the email. Uh, and also for me, I'm working on music. I think I mentioned it early in today's mm -hmm. show creating some of these dream inspired melodies that uh, I did have a video come out during the pandemic, which has been in, I think, a chosen selection, a winner, a runner up honor, who mentioned and semi-finalist, finalist, etc. at about 30 festivals worldwide, film festivals. So there was some spark in those dreams and it shows music and color. So I guess some creative projects that are inspired by dreams, perhaps even an invention and, and some other things that I want to bring the inside info out for all the good people out there before I, I graduate to other realms. Fair enough. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. And I appreciate it. Okay. And if we're lucky, like Charlotte here, happy nightmares, everybody. You guys. All right. Have a good one, sir. Bye-bye. Yeah, Bye-bye. All right. He's always fun to have on. Oh, my gosh. That was great. Got to talk about dreams and everything. Well, my power's still on, so that's a good sign. So I'm, you're going to see where the storm is right now. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming tonight. Our guest who's unannounced right now, I, I haven't had time. I've had, excuse me a second, let me sit up. Ugh. It's, it's hard with these, without my contacts, I can't see anything. It, it's, it's, I, it's hard to work on the computer. That's why I'm behind, I'm like having these guests up. Tomorrow, another Craig is going to be with us, Craig Wheeler, who uh, is, is, looks at scientific and the paranormal. He's going to be with us tomorrow. It should be an interesting show. He also writes for a, a paranormal magazine that we're, you know, where they're trying to work with psychics and mediums and, and, and validate what they get. So maybe we'll get Nancy to talk about that too, because she's been through a couple of those tests herself, but he, Craig Wheeler is going to be with us tomorrow at 6 30 PM Pacific. And I'll have the announcement up uh, um, right after I upload the RSS feed for this show, I'll get the announcement up. But like I said, it's kind of difficult for me because the, my, my glasses are horrible. But anyway, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. And I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope you keep coming back. We're getting the word out more and more about this show. And uh, yeah, the audience is growing. And I'm really excited about that. So again, if you're watching from Facebook and you like the show, please hit that 
please hit that like button or appreciate button. And if you haven't done so already, please follow, you know, please follow us. If you're watching from YouTube, let's see if I can do this again. Ready? Boom. There it is. Okay. That little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner that you see, click on that, and that will subscribe you to our videos. Almost 480 videos sitting over there, different topics. So if you're if, if, if you want to be notified when we're going to have shows and all that good stuff, go ahead do that. We also have a California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team meetup site. That's free as well. You can sign up over there and just know what we're doing because uh, that site also hosts events that we don't do when they're on the radio. Like we'll do ghost hunts occasionally and things like that. You can go with us and all that good stuff. All right. And again, TikTok. And now it's California Haunts on TikTok, all lowercase. You can check us out over there. Cal Haunts at, uh, at uh, Twitter and Ghosty Gal, all lowercase over at Instagram. All right. And if you like the show, here we go. Share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here. Uh, we're just, we just want to get the word out. Pass it on to your friends. Pass it on to your enemies. Pass it on to your kids. Pass it on to your relatives, whatever. We're just trying to get the word out about this show. And you see that ticker running along the bottom? Well, that's because California Haunts is not, does not take any money to help people or to go out you know, on these investigations, especially the radio show. So the bills will come out of my pocket. And if, uh, you know, internet and all that good stuff and, and computers, so when something breaks or something, it, I have to, it comes out of my pocket. So, you know, if, I, if, if you could help me out a little bit, that would be wonderful. I really would appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get the bills paid. Contact lenses. Oh, my God, I got to get my contacts done. I got to get my eyes done. It's all coming down in one big pile. So if you can find it in your heart to help me out a little bit, that would be great. That's at paypal.me at California Haunts. Or you can do it at Venmo at California Haunts. Now, if you want to check out our YouTube site, that is youtube.com forward slash at California Haunts. Really, California Haunts Radio. I'm sorry. YouTube. <laughs> I get so many of these. YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. You'll find all our stuff there, including our YouTube shorts. And we're having a lot of fun creating YouTube shorts and, and whatnot and, and stuff for TikTok. Anyway, I want to thank you all tonight. And I see Jen came in, Jerry came in, Marisa came in, and everybody else that's listening out there in the world. Um, um, Web World Headquarters, I see that came in. Okay. So well, everybody's here, and I really appreciate it. And I will see you tomorrow with, with Craig Wheeler, and we're going to be talking uh, science and the paranormal and how it applies to mediums and you know and how this program he's doing right now is validating mediums so uh tomorrow's going to be another day hopefully i have power <laughs> all right i will see you tomorrow have a nice day or evening bye <laughs>